Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. And hello everybody, welcome along. It's been a while, Cricket Badges around the world, since I've seen you. We haven't actually done um, any Cricket Badges podcasts until today, since the uh, um, the Ashes um, got finished. So I've had a couple of months off from doing the uh, Cricket Badges podcast. Been busy elsewhere, but it's very good to be back. And we're going to be back at various stages. No, it's not going to be a daily podcast like we've done in some tournaments, but we're going to be back at various stages throughout the Cricket World Cup to discuss the progress, to discuss the chances of... And various people, um, people's teams. We have the fan badges back as well. And delighted to say, I've seen you, Neil, um, relatively recently, but Anand, um, an absolute pleasure to see you again. It's been a while. It's absolutely a pleasure to see you guys again. It has been a while and couldn't be a greater moment to get started, right? Beautiful World Cup coming up. It should be an amazing time. So uh, hello to you, Neil. Hello to you, Anand. Good to have you with me. And um, we will have other familiar faces going uh, as we go through the Cricket World Cup too. Um, and uh, also, there's a bit of a, a call out for action for anybody out there watching. If you fancy being a fan badger during this Cricket World Cup and you are not a supporter of India or a supporter of England, um, it would be very good to have you with us. Particularly, I mean, Netherlands, it'd be great to have somebody from Netherlands um, coming on the podcast to talk about their chances and um, their dreams as we go through the Cricket World Cup. But indeed, any of the teams that we have um in the cricket world cup this time if you want to come on and represent them as the fan budget you are more than welcome um contact us um on the uh um i'll stick our logo at the top there and i will also put a little banner going across the bottom of the screen um and it'll have the uh well it's got the twitter address on it and it's also got um, my email address on there as well so if you want to get in touch with me and you want to be a fan badger for any of the teams other than england or india then um, it would be very good to have you with us. All you need to do is be able to speak English and have an opinion. 
um, on the uh, on the game and, and care about it. Yeah, that's basically the the, uh, the three provisos. So uh, hopefully we'll see you very soon indeed. But we are with you to talk about the uh, Cricket World Cup. And um, and Ant, um, start with you. Are you looking forward to it? I guess. What, what, what's your thoughts on the, on it in India and uh, and the? There's been a few um, hiccups as well, haven't there? If we think about the last World Cup that we had, I mean, it was pretty uneventful, right? There was nothing that happened. The final was not exciting. And thinking about that, I'm really excited for 2023. Uh, there might have been a few hiccups, but once the cricket gets started, I think, you know, the, all the focus is going to go to the action on the field and it's going to be an amazing time. Yes, could things so. have been done better? They could have been. But, you know, let's look forward to the execution of uh, the matches that are coming up. Yeah, six or seven weeks of um, cricket. I mean, what more could you ask for? Neil, for a while, I thought I might be going out there and you might be joining me. Um, but uh, unfortunately, that didn't come off. Um, but we'll be watching it from, obviously, uh, the UK shores here. And are you excited? Are you looking forward to it? I I am very excited. Um, I mean, as with any Indian organised event, until you actually see that first ball bowled, you don't know if it's going to happen or not. Um, there's been a lot of negativity with the organization from a lot of people who haven't been to Indian organized events before. This is how we do things. All looks an absolute shambles. And then, but then at the last minute, everything will come together. Everyone will get a cup of jar and, uh, and it'll be smooth running, uh, uh, from then. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely awesome. We've got cricket pretty much every day, I think up until the, uh, uh, the end of the group stage. Um, gonna wear a um, a great arse groove in uh, in my sofa um, and uh, attempt to get some work done at the same time. Uh, I imagine. Well, that's a beautiful thought to take into the podcast <laughs> there of uh, of your rear end. But anyway, I mean, it has to work, doesn't it? Because Mister Modi's using it as an election tool, isn't he? Anything that makes uh, makes India great again um, is uh, is an election tool for. For Mr. Modi, yeah. I mean, come on. he's got he's got his name on on the biggest stadium in the world. Um, he'll have his name on the trophy by uh, um, by the end of the competition. But yeah, as long as we get good cricket and um, we don't discover any hitherto ignored ridiculous rules that everyone's agreed to beforehand but not paid any attention to, then uh, then we'll all be happy. Don't you start, Virani. We're not going <laughs> to go back in down that debate again. Um, the um, I mean, we'll start off. I mean, I, I did a, uh, a brief little podcast. It was actually for betting radio, um, but I did a brief little podcast earlier where I, I spoke about the and um, the betting markets. And I, I know that isn't for everybody, but it's there if you if you want to find it. Um, but the um, what I did on that one, I I basically talked about four teams at the start of it. Um, it was basically Netherlands, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, and um, Sri Lanka, I think it was, the four that I kind of ruled out as being not no-hopers. You know, some of those teams will win matches. Some of those teams will probably upset the apple cart and uh, and upset some of the bigger uh, fish in the, uh, in, in the group stage. But I had them down and as being maybe not with a chance of realistic chance of winning the thing. Um, would you agree with that? Can you see any of those four that I've mentioned having a, a a fantastic tournament and, and making me making me eat my words. I mean, when I look at those teams, Sri Lanka is in with a chance, aren't they? I mean, it's Indian pitches, Sri Lankan pitches are slightly different, but they have the bowling attack. And if you look at the last four years, 
they're one of the better bowling teams. They're essentially very similar to Pakistan with the worst batting lineup. Uh, the only question in hand is Hasaranga is out. So will that make a difference? Uh, which it looks like it should. But Sri Lanka definitely has a chance to upset the apple cart. I mean, if you look at their bowling from top to bottom, they have a decent attack. And they they come off, I mean, I know the final didn't go their way, but they come off a, a nice little run in the Asia Cup as well. Uh, and for me, um, I mean, Chris Silver took a lot of pelters when he was the England boss. He did it through COVID, had a pretty much a thankless task and a lot of organising to do that a, a cricket coach shouldn't have to do. Um, but his time at Essex was littered with trophies and he's gone to Sri Lanka, Neil, and he's really, he looks like he's got them playing very good cricket. He's certainly getting a, a tune out of them. I'd say four weeks ago, I had them as uh, as dark horses to make the semi-finals because they're a team that if they can put a reasonable score um, on the board, we saw even in Australia the likes of um, uh, Rajita and uh, um, Kamara and Chimera um, were excellent as pace bowlers. You got Hasaranga, you got Tikshana, um, you got Daninger and Will Alligay to uh, chip, to chip in. That's a team that can defend, you know, two fifty on a on a dirty low pitch. If um, if something happens and they've got to play every match in either Chennai or Lucknow, then then they've got a chance. Um, and I'd say yeah. the same about Bangladesh as well. I mean, they those are the conditions they know. But with the variety um, of pitches around India, um, with the injuries, it's you know every team seems to have had some injuries, but Sri Lanka have been hit really hard. Um, there seems to be someone going down um, every other week, and it, and it's a shame because aside from anything else, I think there was a little wobble um, where they almost had a political meltdown, as there's always one Asian team that does before any major tournament. Apparently, this time it's uh, it's Bangladesh who decides to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, instead, but yeah, they had they had a real chance to uh, to be a fourth team in a competition where we've got two standout teams and then a group behind them. You know, they yeah. could have emerged from that that pack. Um, and they turn up. They're they're a competition team. People talk about New Zealand. They turn up on the big stage. I mean, they're one of three teams to be in England at the last World Cup, um, and uh, and did it very well. Let's not forget Patirana. The guy is essentially yeah. a junior Malinga, right? You never know yeah. what can happen. That angle in which the ball comes out is weird as hell. And he's been uh, apparently mentored by Dhoni, right? So junior Thala is helping him out. Uh, they could certainly uh, upset the apple cart. The Thala factor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Sri Lanka, so of the four that I've discounted, Sri Lanka may be leading the line there as with potential chances of uh, latter stage glory. But uh, um, let's leave those four behind. Um, good luck to them all. Um, and I, I'm, I really hope that Netherlands, etc. I mean, I, I, I said this morning, actually, that the everybody that goes into a global tournament has their kind of ceiling, their hopes, their realistic aspirations. Obviously, not every team goes there. They'll all say they're going there to win, but they'll, um, yeah, not every team has realistic aspirations of winning it. But for the likes of Netherlands, who obviously qualified for this event, it's a big stage for them. For me, they go along thinking, right, if we can get one win, maybe two, not disgrace ourselves. That That's kind of the aim for them, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not going to happen with the way that the uh, the schedule's gone. If you, if you look at the other teams, um, 
they uh, they had chances to turn over, I'd say, Afghanistan, who've got very poor batting and with the Netherlands bowling, they could have done something. Um, Sri Lanka, because, you know, they might be, you know, Chris Silverwood might be searching for his spikes any moment now if any more of their fast bowlers go go down. Um, but then they're, they're facing them in Chennai, I think. Chennai and Delhi, uh, I think they're playing those two matches on, on spinning decks. Um, and also they're the most hamstrung team in cricket at the moment. Um, all, half their team don't get to play international mm. cricket because the counties won't let them out. Uh, you know, they've got to be playing second 11 uh, cricket in Scarborough. Um, instead of representing um, the country trying to qualify for a World Cup. So you knocked Scarborough. Uh, uh, Scarborough was just my um, uh, the clo- the only gr- outground that I could actually think of. But there was someone who um, I think was turning out for Hampshire seconds uh, instead of going to Zimbabwe mm. to play in that qualifying tournament. Um, they don't get any games against anyone or haven't done recently. I think they last played in July. And their warm-up matches have been rained off. I think I saw a Twitter from the Dutch um, account asking for teams to play cricket against them in India just so they could get acclimatised. Everyone really likes them, you know, between Logan van der Beek and his um, heroics against West Indies and his clips of him flash dancing, um, roll-off and just going nuts despite his back being made out of balsa wood. They're everyone's uh, second favourite team, but I think the schedule and the uh, the running have just counted completely against them. There'll be a few teams. I mean, we've mentioned four there that are, are, are my also rounds anyway, um, and they'll go into most of the fixtures as underdogs. Um, and and when they and I, I guess I mean that kind of part of that role is to try and upset the apple cart as I said before and knock an Australia off their perch South Africa off their perch and have their day in the sun I think one or two wins would be a victory for that team right if this World Cup was actually being played in England I actually think they have a better chance they don't really have a spin bowling attack and it's Mm. being played in India and this is where they're sort of handicapped but this is great experience you know ideally the Cricket World Cup should have more than 10 squads you know, there yes. is another World Cup that's being held in a different sport, which has actually different countries from the world participating in it. And if ICC had the vision and the leadership and was backed by all the, you know, the member nations, I think, you know, we would we would actually have a lot more nations apart from just the Netherlands playing in this World Cup. So, uh, isn't this down? To, isn't this down to your uh, the country you two support, in that they absolutely. they want they want guaranteed um, TV um, dates and they want guaranteed uh, income. Oh, no. No, it's um, all the other countries want uh, guaranteed India matches to bring in the the advertising yeah, revenue. Still, because... still India's fault. Bringing his existence. No, the, the the problem is that um, I think what seventy percent of test playing nations are reliant on ICC money to to break even, and that is reliant on on India playing um, as many matches. So after we got well, dumped out of the West Indies in in 2007 it's probably more um, the ICC want India playing as many matches as possible really isn't it in the in the because we, we've had World Cups in the past where I think what, which one was it that India went out in the group stage and only had 2007, 2007. yeah, yeah. that that didn't please any TV companies around the world did it no well, I mean it's the ICC but remember the ICC you know all right they spend on um uh sort of fancy hotels and first class air travel but they distribute the vast majority of that money 
it's mm. the countries that require it um, in the same way that India bank uh, an India tour will bankroll um, a host nation for the next three, four years. We could do an entire podcast on that subject yeah. alone, couldn't we? But we'll crack on with the Cricket World Cup. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. If you follow me on Twitter, at cricket underscore badger, you'll have noticed I've set up the fantasy draft fantasy thing and uh, Neil's entered. Alan, have you entered yet? Not yet, but I plan to. Well, as soon as we finish today, I need you to do jump it, on. Do, do it tonight. Yeah, you need to get it done before the uh, the matches start because uh, we've had a good response, actually. There's a load of uh, um, teams entered and there is a prize. And I'll tell you what the prize is. Um, a cricket Badger podcast sponsored by manscaped.com. And I was sent a whole load of these. Look at this. Look at this. This this could be yours. It's a little shaver. It's, it's, it's worth about £100. Basically, that could be yours. If you win the um, Cricket World um, Cup fantasy, uh, and if it's not for you, if, you, if you're a fit of the female variation or if you don't shave and you've got a big beard, Christmas isn't too far away. That would actually fit very nicely into a little present for a dad, son, whatever you want to do it with. So uh, there you go. That's the prize that's up for grabs. For the uh, and it's the glory as well, isn't it? I want to beat both Anand, I want to beat Neil, I want to beat anybody else that's coming on this podcast. But I wish you all luck and pick your teams wisely. And uh, we will see you on the uh, cricket. Well, we'll refer to our team's progress as we go through on these uh, cricket uh, budget podcasts in the uh, Cricket World Cup. Let's move on because we have other teams to talk about. I'm going to do doing the next in in a threesome. I'm going to look at New Zealand, Australia. And South Africa, if I may, um, start with New Zealand, and uh, they obviously the beaten finalists. Um, and there's probably a load of people shouting at the um, screen now, going "beaten!" It was a tie. I know, um, but they um, they they were runners up. I um, in the last World Cup in that tremendous final super over dr- drama at Lords, and they're always a team that hardly anybody talks about in the in the kind of the prelims. You look at people's uh, potential winners and they'll hardly get a mention. It's a country of, what, 6 million people and 10 million sheep. And they are basically um, not written off, but not really even given airtime. And then they turn up in the final and they're plucky losers at the end of the competition. And I don't know how they've done it because their infrastructure there for bringing those players through has been absolutely incredible in New Zealand. But, Neil, have they got any chance this time? They've got a chance, but they're nowhere near as good a team as they were um, four years ago. They've got no Saudi, which in terms of experience is massive. Um, he actually played 2011 in India, um, I think, which is kind of shocking. Um, they think they've dropped uh, they've dropped Guptil because I saw him play CPL and he's still knocking about. Um, I'm not sure about Finn Allen. 
up front as a replacement. Uh, they've got no DeGrandome. Um, and th- they're a well-put-together team, but I don't think they've quite got the edge that they did. Uh, we still don't know how Kane's going to deal with six weeks of, um, of flying after every game coming off a... Uh, uh, an ACL injury that knee's going to get very stiff uh, over the mm-hmm. next uh, next six weeks. He's going to have to be managed carefully. Um, yeah, they they're going to upset um, some people. Um, oh, and Lockie Ferguson seems to have forgotten how to bowl. Uh, if anyone watched the series against England recently, it was um, he's fast, but it, it's gone all over the shop. Is, um, uh, is Finn Allen in the team? I think I didn't think he was. I didn't think he made their squad. I think he's I, been dropped. And has he been dropped? Oh, sorry. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, I think he's dropped. No, he might Will be wrong against England. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Finn, I thought Finn Allen played a couple, but I think, yeah, Young might be starting. Who, again, is okay, but it's still a drop from 2019 Guptill. Um, I think if they're going to win, then it's going to be basically on the shoulders of. Trent Bolt, who may be the best power play bowler in the world at the moment. Um, he can reduce any side to 30 for three, can't he? Yeah, and when it comes up, um, and what's going to have to happen is he does that against um, against Australia, against India, like he did in Manchester, um, against England. Um, not, I'm not bitter about that at all. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, he, he is the shining light that that team uh Kane if he's fit obviously is superb um but uh but yeah he's the standout and they're not what they once were in my eyes yeah I, I, that's, that's what I said earlier on the betting pod that I, I it kind of you write them off at your peril but then you wouldn't necessarily put your money behind them would you it's the end of their golden generation, isn't it? It's one last hurrah. And, you know, hopefully Kane, after six months of rehab, makes it out from an ACL injury. So, you know, really hoping that he he has a good show. But, you know, you mentioned Lockie, but I think the other person who was key in 2019 was Santner. In the middle, Santner would keep things quiet and also take wickets. Well, he's forgotten the art of taking wickets as well. So there's either teams have figured out what he's doing or he's had a bit of a loss of form, right? Similar to Lockie. Uh, and I think the last thing is Bracewell. Now, Bracewell's pretty... He hasn't yeah. played a number of ODIs, but the, the kind of impetus that he can give to an inning is incredible from Bracewell, and he's out as well. So they 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 do have a few 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 things to get over, but who knows? Maybe Daryl Mitchell, Conway gets stuck in, Mitchell gets in there, and you know Matt Henry has been bowling well. Henry and Bolt get a few wickets up front. Mitchell, Conway, and Kane go off. Who knows? Is Kane missing the first couple of games? I think he's he's not quite ready, is he? I, I saw him play um, a warm-up this week. Um, he okay, retired maybe. after scoring a 50. He looked, you know, as effortless as as he always does. Um, I don't think you can tell anything about that from how he, how he plays. But he, he looked all right, and um, it appeared to be a uh, retirement after a milestone rather than an injury retirement. I mean, we all want to see the best players in the world playing, and he's definitely Anand's right up there, isn't he? I mean, as good as Kane is, I mean, he, you know, when we think about the best batsman, I mean, after Crow, is it just Kane Williamson? 
who's been the best batsman. So this is, yeah, you definitely want to see the best players play. And, you know, I hope that he goes injury-free and, you know, has a stellar performance because that's essentially what we want from the most premier event we have in the sport, right? So we, uh, we've we got six left, um, including New Zealand. Where would you, in that six, where would you put them, Neil? Um, I, re- I reckon... I'm saying six. Yeah. Yeah, six for me. Alan? Six for me. And it would be the same for me as well. And we'll all be we'll all be made to uh, look like idiots when they come through and they make the final, as they always do. Um, let's move on to the, uh, the next team on my list here, which is uh, South Africa. And they are weird, aren't they, South Africa? They've got that kind of... Um, tag of being chokers because they've had some brilliant players um, over the last sort of 20 years or so. Jacques Callas, probably the best all-rounder, um, certainly of recent times. Um, some fantastic for Herschel Gibbs, um, yeah, John T. Rhodes in his, in his prime, AB, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they have had some real, yeah, that's not even including the bowlers. And the, um, but they've, they've always kind of found a way to lose. It appears to me this time, Nobody's really giving them a chance, and everybody's kind of calling them dark horses for the to- uh, for the competition um, because nobody's mentioning them. That that's not ne- that's a not a good thing for South African cricket because they're not being mentioned, so they haven't really been playing that well. But they, I, I think they could make the final four. I, for some reason, I just think they're going to have a good World Cup, and I'm not quite sure why because I look down their squad, and it doesn't necessarily excite me hugely. Um, and they are missing Anrik Norkia, who is going to be a big miss because he can. Um, you talked about Trent Bolt, but he's kind of is able to come on and take two or three quick wickets and, and change change a match. But for some reason, they are just quite fancy the Proteas this time. I think um, that there are very good reasons to um, uh, to to fancy them to do well. Um, but the problem is there are equally. Um, big reasons why yeah. they're going to fall over in a heap. Um, that middle order, four, five, six of Markram, Classen, Miller, is as good as any in uh, in the world. Um, and we just saw that um, when they came back from two 0 down to win series against Australia, three uh, two. Um, I think after India, they've probably got the, uh, the second best spin attack. With um, with Shamsi and Maharaj and um, Markram is quite useful as a, a third yeah. spinner uh, if the pitch allows. And um, actually, um, I've complete uh, Temba Bavuma is a very I reckon he's a very good um, opener for these conditions. And Rassi um, Dustin's got a very good record as well, you know. They, they... Yeah, Rassi just d- doesn't get out. I think he's he's also got what I think if this uh, if this was being played in Australia or England on flatter decks, it, it'd be a problem. But um, at the moment, the white ball is doing loads in the power play, so the solidity that Bavuma and Van der Dussen give. Um, is going to be very important. It's going to be a competition for platform builders. Um, the problems that I see, there's the injuries to their fast bowling stocks. You've lost Norkia. You've also lost uh, Magala, I think, who would have been um, first replacement 
Um, I assume Kurtzer has been called up and he only debuted in the Australia series, I think. And he looks very fiery, very fast, a little bit wayward. Um, they're, they're resting a lot of their hopes on Marco Janssen at seven. Mm. And I love Marco Janssen. I'm a Sunrisers fan. Um, you know, he's very tall. All the things that uh, NASA loves about any bowler. You know, it's uh, uh, high release points, uh, left arm, bit of swing. Uh, he can swing the bat. But he's only 22. He hasn't been a first-choice all-rounder for very long. And it's a huge amount of weight to on his shoulders, um, especially when they get to a position where they're, you know, five down for a hundred and he's got to actually rebuild uh, the innings. Um, and I wonder if, you know, that may be fatal. I think their batting lineup, while powerful, looks short. And now with Nokia out, they can't go bowling heavy uh, in the same way. So they're kind of stuck between uh, two pillars there. And Ants, the... Um... South Africans, they've got um, Tabre Shamsi, they've got uh, Maharaj as well, two decent, more than decent spinners. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of um, misconceptions with India. Not every, you know, I mean, Neil's mentioned Delhi and Chennai as being, you know, big turners, but there are also some roads there that you can, yeah, yeah we're watching the IPL, some grounds where you just tee off and you score lots of runs, don't you? It's, it's not necessarily going to be the case where you just turn up as a spinner and you take 40 wickets during the tournament and you're going to be a star. I mean, it's it's a big country, right? So the grounds have different characteristics. You know, Bangalore is typically sort of flat. It's a small ground. You know, Vankhede in Mumbai, very similar. And you go to Ahmedabad. Ahmedabad's been, a, you know, also had the ball hasn't turned as much, except for the couple of test matches that we have played there. <laughs> so it just depends, <laughs> you know, how South Africa does. But I think this is their best spin attack in the history of South Africa, you know, since they got back in from 1990, Shamsi and Maharaj are about as good as they can have from a spin perspective. And they're batting, while they've had more wanted batters in the past, Klassen averages 51, strikes at 120. Miller, in over the last four years, Miller averages 61, strikes at 114. And uh, Markram also strikes at 105. And I think he's in a high 40s or whatnot average-wise. This is explosive batting lineup. They are going to upset the apple cart. Uh, you know, everybody thinks that they may not go that far. I'm pretty high on them. I know that Janssen, number seven, is, is is a bit of a liability there. However, they can take wickets with Rabada and Nigiri, and they have explosive batting lineup. The chances for them to go, you know, even get to the final are pretty high. I'm pretty I mean, positive on them. You, you have to... If you're going to get a long way in the in the competition, um, Adans, you can you need your big guns to fire, don't you? I mean, it's, that's just kind of part of sport in any team environment. You need your stars. Um, we'll come on to England um, later, but you know, England will need Josh Butler to fire, Joe Root to fire, Ben Stokes to probably fire in that middle order, Bairstow at the top of the order, etc. You need those proven performers that have always done it for you to turn up when it really matters, and that's what South Africa need, isn't it? They, they're big guns to come along, Rabada to take loads of wickets, the spinners to do their bits, and those uh, batters you mentioned to score regular runs. Yeah, and, and you know, you never know what happens on that day and they have looked like they've changed their approach this is a team that i think is going to do some damage i actually think that they might even make the final really wow okay. 
That's a big cut. I mean, I, I thought I was pushing it for the semi-final berth. But you've, got a, you've gone one game further. Um, so the South Africans then. Um, I've got same questions I asked before. What number, Neil, in terms of the last six that we're looking at? Five. The squad's too thin uh, to make it out of the group stages. By so the, your, by the in your eyes, games. I'm going in the right order here, aren't I? And, what, and, yeah, and Anand, you're going to say number two, are you? I am going to go with four. But they, okay. the chances for them to make the final are pretty high. I think four as well. I've got a funny feeling they're going to get to the semis. And then, I mean, by the time you get to the semis, kind of the group stage um, is, you know, the best teams are going to come through that because you're going to get a second bite of the cherry, etc. But once you get to the semifinals, as India have proved on many occasions, you, you can go out, can't you? The Cricket Badger podcast is fueled by coffee. Take a look at cricketcoffeeco.com for some excellent speciality coffee for cricket badgers. Expertly roasted and ethically sourced, the coffee is fantastic. Cricketcoffeeco.com. Quote Badger with your order and you'll get 10% off. And thank you to manscaped.com for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. It's, uh, well, it's great that they support us and it's also um, your chance if you want to go and if you, if you don't want to wait until the end of the fantasy competition and you want to try and get some stuff off Manscaped prior to the end of the Cricket World Cup, um, quote Badger and uh, you can get 20% off and you'll also get free shipping. So, uh you can't sneeze at that, can you? Um, let's uh, get back into the uh, events then. We've kind of gone from 10 to 5 so far in Neil's eyes, maybe 4 um, in Anand's eyes. Um, but the other team who was in the um, little gaggle of three that I was talking about there was um, Australia, who they're another side who you can never really write off in a global competition because they just kind of turn up in the end and they do something. But their form at the moment, Anand, is not great, is it? And they're, they're struggling a little bit. The kind of the format of the competition, nine group games, means that they can maybe find some form actually in the competition and get enough to get into the top four in the semifinals, then who knows? But I fear for the Aussies a little bit, and I never thought I'd use that sentence. So I actually think they're pretty balanced. The one thing that I've been noticing with their form is that they've been experimenting a lot. You've been seeing different folks open up. You've been seeing different bowlers in there. Heck, in a couple of the la- uh, last warm-up match, I think, you know, you had Labush Kagni and Smith turn over uh, arm. So you know that that's not really going to happen during the World Cup, right? So I actually think, you know, that they're well set up. The biggest thing that might actually impact them is head. Uh Head was averaging 60 and going 119. This guy was absolutely devastating and he might be out, right? So with that in mind, you now are looking at playing Labus Cagni and Smith together. They both are sort of anchor batsmen and, you know, does that make an impact to them? Because from a bowling side, I think they're good. They got Stark, who's arguably the best ODI bowler that we've had over the last 10 years. And they also have Zampa, who's been a great spinner. And uh, I think arguably even the best leggy, you know, over the last four years. So I think they have things covered in there. The question is only, you know, what happens to the batting? And do they then, similar to India, go conservative, which, you know, eventually comes back to bite you in the ass? You don't want to lose your head, Anand, do you? Not on the eve of the competition. And uh, what about you, Neil, then? The uh, the Aussies, um, I'm kind of half writing them off a little bit, which is again dangerous. No, I reckon they're good for good for the semis. Um, Marsh has started off uh, very nicely, opening up as a replacement for Head. Um, I do worry a little bit about um, about Smith and uh, and Labuschagne. Um, 
it's, although it is nice to see Marnus getting a few stamps in his uh, in his passport and playing in a few different conditions. Uh, that's always good to see, uh, especially for someone proclaimed to be the best batter in the world already, despite not playing anywhere. Um, I. Well. The lack of <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, the lack of um, additional um, additional spinners um, outside of uh, Zampa. I think Maxwell's going to be putting in a heavy shift, um, and he's he's a good uh, part time offie, but they've gone seam heavy. Um, I think they're going to aim to basically blast people out in the first sort of 15 overs. Yeah. Um, and I think they've made a big mistake in um, uh, in not taking Nathan Ellis, who is, uh, his style of bowling is very good for Indian pitches uh, come the death. And they have been expensive in the death overs. He's quite a skiddy um, Ellis, isn't he? Yeah, great changes of pace as yeah. well. Really good, uh, really good control. Whereas... Abbott to me is um, more of a, uh, a new ball bowler. But you've already got that with um, Cummins and Hazelwood. Stark obviously is a trump card, probably the best white ball bowler since Akram or, or since Malinga, um, at least. Um, I think top wicket taker in both the last two World Cups. Um, he's and he's still got it because he. Um, he doesn't play anything apart from for the Aussie team, so preserves himself um, and he, still he looks. He played excellent. well in the Ashes as well. You're often criticising the Red Bull for being a bit wayward, but it's it's funny. Funny, somebody that's supposed to be wayward with the Red Bull, but the White Bull at the death, his Yorkers are really on the toes. He, he gets it when he gets it right. He's about as good as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. And I do worry a little bit um, in the middle order, like you say. There's potential problem with pace um with uh with smith and um and labashane uh together carry um i'm not sure i rate as a uh a white ball batter although he's a tidy enough um wicket keeper uh, i think stoyness has been playing quite a lot of the games recently and he's a bit hit or miss maxwell looked very good uh the other day against uh against pakistan in in the warm-ups so there are there are cracks but i think the main thing is going to be the the lack of backup to uh to zampa especially when they they come to turning pitches and the i mean neil's just mentioned a couple of x-factor players there glenn maxwell's being one of them the big show likes it in india popular in india um got a lot of experience of playing there in uh, in white ball cricket but Kind of players like him, Stoinis to a degree as well, and there's players in all of the teams that are similar to that who possibly might come off maybe twice in the tournament. Um, Maxwell's had IPLs where he's gone through and had been awful, but you know, come off once and been um, scored a century off like 20, 12 balls or something, and then um, um, doesn't get another run in the in the tournament. It kind of almost depends on which team you come off against, isn't it? Because if it comes off, if it comes off against one of you biggest rivals that's great if he comes off against netherlands have you actually really gained anything it's, it's kind of that scenario isn't it? i find stoyness to be a bit more hit and miss but i think maxwell gets a bad rep where maxwell plays in the ipl he comes at number five or number six at that point you know you're going you're not there to 
to you know pot around for 10 balls and then go you're going from ball one and if you look at what maxwell has done in the re- last few uh, last few years i think i looked at his numbers he's averaging 41 at a strike rate of 131 if he's mm-hmm. going to come at the 5 6 role who is more destructive than him and you oh, know you take I'm, I'm that, not right? saying he's a bad player but yeah the kind of the real match winning um, 140 or something off, off next to nothing to actually tip the balance is probably once in a tournament, isn't it? For Maxwell, yes. Yes. At that point, yeah, he's not going to hit that big 150 or the 140 or whatnot. But, you know, a good crucial 60 of 40 balls, 60 of 30 balls could make a difference. And, you know, where he comes in, it's certainly a possibility. Do you see um, the Aussies getting to the uh, last stages or South Africa going to knock him out, uh, Alan? I got the Aussies going to the semis. So I to think the they're semis. a very good team. I'm kind of going through these in the order of I see them finishing. You're kind of almost giving you my numbers already, but the uh, I think the Aussies will be there or thereabouts. They always are, aren't they? I just don't see them, Alan, quite getting the, the hands on the trophy this time. Don't they just win a trophy every Tuesday? I mean, for them, you know, getting World Cup seems like you know <laughs> normal. Like one in June, they can't have two. <laughs> It's hard to write them off, and I think they got a decent team here. It's not as good as, you know, maybe the team from 2003 or whatnot, but Mm. they can certainly compete. And, you know, unlike 2003, the Aussies spent half of the year in India, so they're well used to the conditions. I mean, that's one of the good points, actually, there. The the fact that the IPL has got so huge and so long, probably too long these days, but it's going to go only going to get longer. Um, but it does mean that a lot of the star players from all of these teams have got quite a lot of experience in India, haven't they? And specifically, I think England and Australia, because you mm. look at any IPL team and there's English players and there's Australian players. And heck, half the coaches are Australian. So I expect any upcoming Australian player to actually play out there. So the the, the sense of newness when you come to India is is certainly gone, I think. Pretty much everybody in these teams have traveled to India multiple times. They're aware of these grounds. They're aware of the conditions, the food. You know, it's it's unlike when Shane Wan would walk, come over with what a, a, a whole carton of baked beans and things like that. So I think, you know, the comfortability factor is there. These guys are ready to go and play in India, and I don't think it's going to be new for them. Um, you number then, Neil. Where where do you see them finishing out the Aussies? Uh, in the groups, three out in the semis. Okay, Alan. Three. Okay, right, okay. Well, that does mean, as we go on to Pakistan, which is the next on the list, so I already know that you don't think they're going to make the semifinals. I, I look at Pakistan's squad, and I I really like it. I think they've got... The thing is with Pakistan is they can be absolutely brilliant. On their day, if they all click, they've got all of the components to be absolutely magnificent. And then the following day, they'll be dog beep because they are... So hit and miss, and I think they've got a little bit more consistent in the in in the uh, more recent times, and obviously very highly ranked at the moment in terms of uh, the ICC rankings in this format. Babra Zam for me, Rolls Royce, beautiful player, love watching him, could watch him bat all day. Um, Shadab Khan, we saw him at Yorkshire, wasn't particularly great at Yorkshire, but he's a very, very good player. Shaheen Afridi, we talk about Mitchell Stark, he's in the same bracket, if not better at times. So, you know, they've, um, you know, they have some really, um, tremendous match winning players. But Anand, obviously, well, you and Neil have already told me they're not going to make the semi finals. I think they will. But, oh, no, uh, I said they're, I said they're getting there. Okay. Well, who else? Oh, you know, you've got you had South Africa in the semis, didn't you, Anand? And you're yes. taking Pakistan, then Neil. Right. Okay. I, I get you. Um, 
why are you discounting them as the final four then, Alan? Is it just your Indian bias? No, I actually love the Pakistani (laughs) team. And, you know, growing up, uh, we all used to try to bowl like Wasim Akram. So while we hated him, we also loved him. It's a weird sort of concept. Uh, And, you know, I think cricket Twitter makes it sound a lot more worse than what it actually is. I love the way the Pakistani teams play. I think when you're looking at the top four, now you got to figure out, you know, which teams are going to make it. And they're just just things here and there which sort of make a difference. So with Pakistan, you know, Babur's great. Fakhar, Imam, Rezwan, all are sort of anchors. I mean, Fakhar can certainly be more destructive. Yeah. However, he hasn't been in recent times, and he's been struggling for form. Uh, Naseem Shah being out, I think, makes a huge difference. When you look at his numbers, he's better than Afridi. He was averaging 16 and with an economy rate of 4.6 or something like that, which is ridiculous at this era. Uh, Rof and Afridi are very good, but let's talk about the rest of the bowling, right? Shadab does not take wickets. And does not control runs. And while uh, Nawaz is economical, he again doesn't take wickets. That's where I think the contention lies, that the two spinners are not as good. If this was in England, I would probably push them up higher and uh, you know bring down South Africa. But I think the spin attack is not good. Of course, you know this could all change. Once the game starts, who knows, Shadab suddenly turns into Shane Wan and takes a bunch of wickets. Uh, the other thing is they are conservative as a batting lineup. And you don't see that with Australia and England. Yeah, India has been making a concerted effort to be more ex- explosive. Pakistan has not. Uh, again, it's give or take. Between Pakistan and South Africa, I think the margins are small, and I just think South Africa is just a bit more explosive than them. But Pakistan's a fantastic team and really want to, want to see them do well in all the matches except for the one against India. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one of the beauties of the World Cup, the global tournaments. We actually see India take on Pakistan, yeah. don't we? Because we don't actually see that in any other format. But... Um, I mean, I, you, you mentioned um, Indians probably liking Pakistanis more than we, you know, from afar actually think, um, certainly on a cricket terms. It's lovely to see Virat Kohli being so friendly. And we've seen quite a few little pictures, haven't we, when they've played each other of gifts being exchanged and long conversations being had and seemingly from a distance, genuine friendships developing between the sides, which you just wish the politicians could um, actually be on the same page, don't you? I mean, without a doubt, and actually we see that out outside of India and Pakistan as well. You know, you come to the U.S. I keep, you know, I suddenly came here to study, and a lot of my friends were Indians, but also I had a few Pakistani friends, right? And you realize the cultural differences are small. You yeah. do there, you know. At the end of the day, we came from the same region, so there are a lot of similarities in there, and I certainly mean, there's a lot of love. You're basically the same people that were divided by a boundary change, weren't you? Uh, really? That's as simple as that, isn't it? Uh, I don't know who did that boundary. I'm trying to think of that country which did that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we see a lot of vitriol on Twitter and we certainly, there are some elements which don't take well to Pakistan, you know, coming out to India. But there are also a group of society who do admire the Pakistanis, who enjoy watching them. You mentioned something about Babur. Uh, you know, in 2019, it was the Virat uh, route uh, you know, uh, Kane Williamson era. I think this is the Barber era, right? Barber is an incredible batsman and it's a joy to watch him bat irrespective of which team he plays for. So I, I think it got a lot of lot of love and a uh, lot of respect for the way they play and really look forward to them doing well. I just think that South Africa might have the word, but it's very small. I mean, the num- yeah, it feels like the teams are so close that, you know, it could be one or the other. We, we talk about Barber, Neil. Um, I love him. Um, Alan loves him. 
Um, I see a lot of uh, even you know Pakistan players and Indian fans particularly say he's selfish. He plays for his average. He he bats too slow. He doesn't take the risks for the team. You know he's he's kind of almost like the root of all evil when it comes to Pakistan. He's a beautiful creature. Hey, I I once described him as the Pakistani James Vince uh, on this very podcast, um, which I only mean which as is high praise, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh, he's he's just a a glorious player. Um, there's there's no two ways about it. You can't argue um, otherwise. Um, I think that one of Pakistan's problems becomes a problem for him, which is the untested middle order. Um, the likes of Aga Salman, uh, Saud Shakil, who are really good players. Mm. Um, it's the old India problem when we had uh, Dawan, Rohit, Kohli. No one, no one from four to six got to bat. Um, and because um, Pakistan have that with a load of new players um, who they're not sure how they, uh, they're going to go, then Baba has to um, play a little bit more conservative. He can't be reckless with his with his wicket. And also, when you have that bowling attack, you don't need to hit 380. No. People aren't going to get 320. And in India, um, remember, these aren't uh, Aussie uh, roads. This isn't Trent Bridge. You know, 300 is going to be an excellent score in most of these grounds. Even the ones like um, uh, like Bengaluru, which are, which are smaller, yeah. it's still not going to be as easy to score. And this World Cup is set up for him. Uh, quite frankly, if I'll be surprised if the top scorer of this World Cup isn't either him or, or Shubman. Um, the conditions are going to be absolutely ideal. Um, Mohamed Rizwan as well. Love watching him. He's a tremendous, uh, a tremendous player, quite a character too. Uh, for Pakistan then, Neil, what number? Um, I think it's uh, uh, I put Aussies at three, didn't I? So, uh, so, so four. Yeah, I think I I agree with uh, Shadab seeming to forgotten how to how to bowl in uh, the last year. Also, but um, the rise of uh, of Chachu uh, has been an absolute sight to behold. Uh, I, I sat with Pakistani fans at two matches at the T Twenty World Cup in at the SCG, um, and uh, he's an absolute hero to them, uh, even though he may actually be about fifty. <laughs> and answer your number must be five, then, mustn't it? It is five. I grudgingly put them there. I would love to see India Pakistan match, which goes, you know. To the hill, to the end, uh, you know, in the final, it would be great to see that. At this point, I'll go with four, but who knows, uh, or five, but we'll see how the tournament goes. Could have been a really good twist for this podcast, though, if Anand had said one, and then injured <laughs> ended up being five. But no, he's gone, he's, he's be far too predictable, Anand. Um, it's going to be five for you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just leaves us with two teams, doesn't it? It leaves us with two teams. There's my team and your team, basically. Um, England, the defending champions, and uh, India, who are, um, 
hot, well, favourites um, with the bookies for winning it. Home advantage being a big thing. Um, and you look down India's team, chaps, and there are just some glorious players, it has to be said. Um, Sky is um, up there. I mean, if I, you could make a team that you'd want to watch in your own back garden day after day after day, Baba's bat- batting at three and Sky's in your middle order. And oh, you're just waiting for the openers to get out. So you could just sit and watch them all afternoon, wouldn't you? Um, but it's absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, Virat, he'll be up for this. You've got uh, plenty. Jasprit's back. Bumra, Bum Bum's in the team. Um, plenty of uh, reasons to believe. Shubman Gill, who you mentioned there, um, as the uh, the young starlet of uh, Indian cricket, alongside Rohit, who is the captain and will be his opening partner. It's uh, going to be hard to beat, aren't they, Anand? They're going to be hard to beat. I think so. And things are sort of falling in place. And, you know, when I was taking a look at the 2019 World Cup, we had a great team there. And I'm thinking this team is better than that team. Uh, just taking a look at the bowlers that we have and the batting that we have, you know, obviously people talk about that number four issue that we had at the 2019 World Cup. Uh, that's not going to be the case here, right? We still we have like three or four different contenders who could actually fit in there. The batting is better. Shubman right now, I think over the last four years, and I think in the last two years really, has been averaging 70 at a strike rate of 103. I mean, that's phenomenal. And, you know, Neil mentioned earlier, the white ball's been doing a bit in the first 10 hours. This guy's been playing it well. Uh, you know, so I think he's heir apparent. You know, I think it's going to be the the Barber and Shubman era as we go forward. But I think Shubman's looking good. Rohit has been making a concerted effort to bat faster. He's been a bit more aggressive. Uh, I think, you know, from a bowling front, Siraj has been magnificent. Uh, he's been Siraj. a revelation. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit of fire to him. It, it adds to that. It's like a street fighter, like isn't he? But just basically put, you know, put him in colored clothing and stick him out there. He takes wickets. He's great. He, he's he been amazing. I think, you know, the fact that Bumrah is back, you know, gives gives me a lot of confidence. And then you you got Shami there. The one thing that, that you know, I was wondering how it would go with the spinners is Kuldeep has really changed the way he bowls. He bowls faster now. He's got a bit more confidence. People are not able to pick him from the hand. I think he's going to be a game changer as well. So I think India's got a lot of bases covered right now. Uh, you know, the only thing is that all-rounder role, which seemed to go to Shardul Thakur or, or Ravichandran Ashwin, is going to be interesting. And they could probably take a look and see whether Shami plays as the third bowler. Uh, and, you know, maybe omit Shardul or Ravichandran depending on the pitch. So I think, you know, they got a lot of options. And, you know, the biggest thing is, and this happens to India with different during knockout tournaments, is we have a habit of playing conservative. You know, a few wickets go and we back off. We have seen that that's not the recipe for success in over the last few years. When we look at England, uh, when we look at what Australia is doing now, uh, you know, you need to go. And you need to play aggressive. And I think that's the that's going to be the key for India as you go forward is come knockouts, how do we deal with this? Absolutely disagree. Completely disagree on that. Okay. Scrap, because, scrap, scrap, scrap. I agree in the last World Cup. But we are playing a World Cup where there are, I don't know how many group games there are. Um, there, there must be... Uh, 30, 30 plus uh, games across. Uh, these are going to be, these tracks are going to be a little bit tired. Um, and actually, and well, there'll be, 40, there'll be 45. Well, they're, they're, you're the accountant. I am, but I use spreadsheets to do that kind of work for <laughs> the me. Calculator, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, they're not going to be, uh, I, I don't think everyone remembers going into the World Cup 
last time, everyone was talking about, you know, are we going to break 500? No, no, no. No, good score is going to be 300 here. The pressure, I completely agree, um, will uh, uh, may affect India. But I don't think being a little bit conservative and going for a 280 is going to be as much of an issue at the back end of a tournament as maybe it would be with the fresh pitches um, at the start, um, in, in my opinion. Um, and I think that... With this uh, team, they've uh, all experienced uh, the high pressure. I know they've had the IPL and people talk about that being high pressure, but they've had the high pressure in international games now because this is a fairly old and um, experienced side, aside from uh, aside from Shubman, um, who seems to have ice in his veins in, in any case. Um, I think England have got that as well. Uh, they may be even older than uh, than India. So I think the not not being t- um, as aggressive as England and Australia won't be uh, as much of a factor as um, maybe it would be otherwise in other conditions. Isn't it more, Alan, that you have to judge where to be aggressive and when not to be aggressive? Because as we mentioned earlier, India, big country, variations in grounds and pitches – there'll be some grounds where you think this is a ground to tee off on and some grounds where you think, blimey, 180 is a good score here. Well, I think sussing out the conditions is going to be the number one thing, right? Nobody tries to... If if it's spinning square, there's no point in just trying to blindly slog everything, mm-hmm. right? Or if it's seeming across, you, you suss out the conditions. But I do think there is something to this where, for example, if you look back to the T20, completely different format, the last World Cup that we played, India made all the right sides. India started playing aggressive. We went to Australia. We saw that the pitches were doing a bit. Everybody got a little more conservative. However, when we played England on a flat track, we again took that same conservative approach out there. Uh, I mean, what did England lose a wicket in winning that semi? No, they didn't. No, I was watching that on TV. That's the point. We have a good think tank. Dravid knows what he's doing. Virat knows what he's doing. Rohit knows what he's doing. We need to build a suss out the condition and also go. This team has aggressive options. So it doesn't mean blindly slogging and just trying to, you know, do crazy things. But be aggressive. That's going to take you there. When, we when just you speak to the groundsmen. The groundsmen will sort out the pitches for us. There won't be any flat decks when we're playing. Well, don't you think the, the I've heard that story. I've heard this rumor <laughs> that basically India are going to get all the perfect pitches. They're going to basically give the slow, low pitches to England. Uh, not not entirely. Although I did find it very amusing that we are we, we're playing Australia in Chennai and we're. playing we're playing England in Lucknow, and anyone who's watched the IPL over the last two seasons, Lucknow is not an England-style cricket pitch. Um, that, are you uh, saying this no has bounce. been fixed? I don't know. I mean, it, it must just be luck, like how we end up in the same group as Pakistan every uh, every time. Now it's uncanny, isn't it? And it's uncanny how that happens. Um, in terms of Shuman Gill, he's a glorious player, isn't he? Fantastic. Um, I spoke to Harry Gurney on this podcast two, three years ago now. I spoke to Harry on here. And um, he was saying that he, when he was playing for KKR, only a, a young Shubman Gill at the time, they arrived in one of the airports and it was like, um, he, I think he'd said it was like being in Take That or One Direction, walking into the airport. There's all these screaming teenage girls there just waiting for a glimpse of Shubman Gill. Um, obviously, his star has risen as a player since then, he's still a good-looking fella. Um, and I would imagine the teenage girls are still queuing at the airports for a look at him. But yeah, If, yeah, if they follow him on Insta, then uh, then there's good reason. 
Uh, There was a a famous shot that he he put on his Instagram uh, during the last IPL, which was, um, yeah, uh, the the girls enjoyed that. And some (laughs) of the men as well, I'm sure. But in terms of the succession plan of um, Indian cricket, there was like Sonny Gavaskar um, passed it on to, to probably to MSD, wasn't it? And then it was on to um, to Virat. Oh, Sachin. Yeah, Sachin, oh, sorry. How can I forget Sachin Tendulkar? <laughs> on, to, on to Tendulkar, <laughs> then on to MSD, then on to Virat Kohli. Surely, should McGill takes the baton off Virat Kohli and becomes the, the the poster boy, doesn't he? Who else is there? Rishab. Rishab's oh, going to be yes. the, uh, assuming he comes back fit. Um, I see Rishab as. Uh, as the one who's going to uh, take on the captaincy mantle. Um, I don't necessarily uh, mean as captain, but I just mean as the kind of the favourite of the fans. Ah, uh, all right, yeah, yeah. In which case, uh, Shubman, because uh, Rishab is a bit too maverick for the uh, conservative uh, Indian uh, yeah. populace. Uh, we, we like them clean cuts. Um, so uh, yeah, that'd be Shubman. I mean, you Anand, you've got tattoos all the way down your back, Gavaskar onwards, haven't you? And uh, there's uh, just room left at the bottom of your spine for a little Shubman Gill there, is there? Should it be Shubman Gill or should it be Bumra? Have we <laughs> ever had a Bumra hey. is my question. Uh, you know, often we go with batsmen and I love my batsmen. I'm a batsman myself. I do, I do a little bit of bowling on the side, but it's really all about batting. But Bumra is something that India's never had. I mean, you'd look at Kapil Dev and after that, who, who, who next is at that level? And I would argue that Bumra is better than Kapil Dev. Uh, from a strictly bowling standpoint. Now, Kapil has a lot of other things which makes him such an iconic figure in Indian cricket. But why not Bumrah? If no injuries, uh, I think Bumrah is the greatest pacer that India has produced. No, no, ma- no matter how much Jasper swings with his eyes shut with the bat and sometimes comes off, he's not quite capable there with a willow, is he? Well, he's been trying. Have, did you see him in Australia? He was he was trying to bat a little. I think he's been working on his batting. But no, Kapil is an icon. Yeah. I mean, nah. it can be argued that of 1983, if Tunbridge Wells doesn't happen and India doesn't make that finals, you know, India is maybe not at the stage where India is right now. Mm-hmm. 1983 was an epochal event. And the 175 that couple hit on that small ground, which wasn't televised, uh, you know, changed some of the fortunes, right? All his fault, isn't it? It's all his fault. Um, let's move on to England. I'm not going to get your numbers yet. I'm going to get your numbers after we've gone through England as well, because England go as the uh, defending champions, as we said. Um, obviously, Josh Butler in charge now, but uh, very, um, you know, quite a few similar um, beasties still in that uh, squad that were there in 2019, with a few new faces, with the Harry Brooks of this world and Liam Livingston's coming in. Um, to uh, kind of replace some of the uh, the players that are, uh, are missing out now. Um, Adil Rashid still in there. You know, you've got uh, Moen Ali still in there. Plenty of others besides. Um, they changed one-day cricket. They kind of, as you said, Anand, went from the off, um, kind of the be of the bang kind of thing that Linford Christie always used to talk about. Owen Morgan did that, and it was to kind of keep your foot down. If we get rolled for 120, so be it. But we'll try and get 500 if we can. Um, and that's been the, uh, I mean, maybe just slightly tempered under Joss Butler, but not much, I don't think. I think Joss Butler actually has taken Owen Morgan's mantle and is probably more equipped than Owen Morgan to actually tailor the England tactics to the conditions they might face in India. Um, should it be slow and low, I think they may be just kind of counter how they do things. But I think they have got every chance of retaining their title, Neil. Um Okay, they're, they're still um, a very good team. 
they're not um, anywhere near the level they were in 2019. Um, I think they are missing a fair amount on the bowling side uh, with Archer and Plunkett, arguably uh, two out of three um, bowlers that they couldn't do without. Um, I think a huge amount of uh, of this is going to depend on how Adil Shoulder holds up over a long competition because there is there just is I, no replacement for England. I wouldn't uh, worry too much about Adil's shoulder. I don't think there's too much wrong with that shoulder. I think it's an excuse sometimes from Yorkshire when they don't <laughs> when they're playing. Well, I, I I hope so as a um, from a neutral perspective because um, there's a very good argument that he's the most important player in that team. Um, he's certainly the most irreplaceable uh, in in my eyes. Um, the batting. I think just, on that, just on that little before you go on to the batting, I th- there's very few times, I, I commentate on a lot of England games, there's very few times where you don't come off the end of an Adil Rashid spell with him getting two or three wickets. He generally takes two or three and makes a difference at some stage in either format of the uh, the White Bull stuff now. Yeah, I mean, the last, I, I expect him to come good. I don't think he's been um, as good as I've seen in the last year, but I know that during that time he has... Um, had some treatment on his shoulder, even if it is good net at the moment. So that might have affected his recent performances for England. But I expect him to come come good. On the batting side, I think it's a bit more patchy um, than it was previously. Um, I think Butler is a better player than he was. I don't think Root's as good a player as he was. And I think um, the fact that they've played so little ODI cricket um in the intervening four years has actually um affected how they approach it now i know there's uh, there was the morgan go hard all the time but it wasn't as mindless as that but what i saw last summer against south africa and against in- uh, india was mindless slogging a lot of the time i think in one of the games against india they were actually out in 16.4 overs which uh, I find quite amusing uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but even against uh, New Zealand, to a certain extent, um, I, I saw that a bit. Um, and when they, I was in Australia when they played the series after the T20 World Cup. Um, and it it just looked off. It looked like a lot of players didn't get the tempo of ODI cricket. Um, and I do think that that has brought them down from an extremely high level to just a very high level. Um, And I think that that will bite at some point. However, they are still an excellent team. And I expect in four four out of nine group games, they'll just completely blow away the opposition before the bowling even has to come into it. I think, Alan, that it could go one or two ways for England this, because I've got... Do agree with Neil that they haven't played enough ODI cricket. They haven't really um, kept that blueprint rolling, and uh, but they still have some very, 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 very good players in that uh, that ODI side. Um, it could go horribly wrong, and they get a lot of slow, low turners against Bangladesh and Sri Lanka and and the like, and Afghanistan maybe, and uh, uh, and they end up not even making the semi-finals, and they kind of go out with a whimper. Or they'll go all the way. I, I don't think there's probably that much in between for England this time. I, yeah, I'm, I, obviously, as an Englishman, I hope it's the latter. 
Well, let's ask the most important question. Did Morgan pass on that lucky rabbit's foot onto uh, Butler? <laughs> 2019 was essentially, I mean, a ball ricochets out the bat of Stokes. Oh, so there were so many well. lucky things in there. I'm just saying, if they passed on the lucky rabbit's foot. They play by the rules. They play by the rules, Anand. Of course they did. <laughs> and Stoke plunged, a, what, a sword in the back of New Zealand, the entire country. He just betrayed them with that. But, you know, uh, I think this team is still pretty good. Uh, the biggest question that I have is uh, Rashid. So if you look at numbers, Rashid hasn't been bowling as well as he was in 2019. 2019, he was arguably a premier leggy. Right now, I would say that Zampa, Kuldeep, Rashid are better. Uh, Rashid Khan are better than Adil Rashid. And Moin is not the bowler that he used to be. Moin now, you know, can you look at Moin and say that he's going to get 10 overs out? I think he's more a 4-5 over guy now. So I think that's, you know, that's a couple of the questions that I had. And I think Liam Plunkett was amazing in the middle overs, right? He was banging the ball in and just getting wickets. And he did an amazing job in there. Now, Mark Wood, technically, is a better bowler than Liam Plunkett. So it depends how Mark Wood goes. Because if he does go... There's nobody as destructive as Mark Wood as we saw, we've seen in the test series. You know, I, I don't think he's let up ODIs as much, but this is the interesting team, and I think really one of the best teams out there. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how England do because, like I say, I, there's, there's a little bit of concern at the back of my mind, but yeah, looking at the squad, they should be able to compete with pretty much everybody out there. Um, so we will see. Um, I'm going to come, think... you, I'm going to come <laughs> for your number. I'm going to come for your number. I want your number. Oh. Uh, we don't get to talk about the um, the Saint of Charrington uh, and his uh, uh, his getting into the squad over Jason Roy. Of the because um, he might be playing tomorrow uh, with Ben Stokes having a, a hip niggle. Uh, I uh, I think they made exactly the right decision. Do you, I mean you, you're talking about Harry Brook over Jason Roy, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I I, th- I think based on the fact they couldn't trust Jason Roy's. Um, uh, fitness and Milan went uh, went right, but I think that uh, we'll see Harry Brook play tomorrow, assuming that Ben Stokes isn't going to be risked um, on the basis of something they say isn't absolutely massive. Um, but we're actually going to see what not playing fifty over cricket um, actually does, even to the most talented players, because he scored fifty runs against New Zealand at a strike rate of about fifty. Um, and yet he's being talked up like he's, you know, the love child of Virat Kohli. Well, and he's, better. he's better than Shubman Gill, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> For the people uh, listening to this later, I was saying that with a big smile on my face. Um, <laughs> the um, I, yeah, I, I think Harry Brook is a star, an absolute star. He's not the finished article yet. So you will get days where he is absolutely mesmerising and comes off. There'll be days where he plays a ridiculous shot and gets out for very cheap. Um, and obviously you're hoping in the tournament if he plays, because I don't think he's actually in the first 11 in that 15. I don't think Harry is. I think uh, they'll, no, open, he won't. they'll open with Milan and Bairstow. Um, Roots will be at three, Stokes at four when he's fit and uh, and, and onwards. So um, Harry will be carrying drinks for much of the World Cup unless, I mean, I, I have got to say, I mean, even though he adds to the ODI side, Ben Stokes, I think it's madness to actually beg him to come back to play in this tournament because... You are you are potentially compromising the fitness of England's best player of this generation. Yeah, but uh, you know, if he plays in this World Cup and England go out and he's not able to play in the Test series, then it's win-win for me. 
So, so, so not all about, it's, not, it's not all about India. How many times do I keep telling you it's not all about India? Anyway, on to the question. Um, who wins? I, I mean, basically, in, in my order, we've taken, well, in your orders as well, um, we've taken England and India through to the final. Um, it is how the bookies see it as well. The bookies have England and India in the final. Um, who wins? Anand. Home conditions reign supreme. It's got to be India. It'll be a fun, fun final with England. Neil. Uh, assuming the pitches where as you'd expect them to over over seven weeks, then uh, then India at the Modi Dome. Um, if it's an absolute flat deck, then um, I'd possibly put England slightly ahead. Um, but I say I don't think uh, this team is what it once was. Um, uh, and yeah, I'm going India. Well, anybody that listened to my uh, my betting podcast earlier will know that I have gone for India as well um, to uh, lift this uh, Cricket World Cup, but I hope I'm wrong. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.